This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there too. Welcome to It's Canine Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. Today, I have Justin uh, Rigney with me. Justin and I have been trading uh, text messages and emails for a couple weeks trying to, to line up our schedules to get a podcast recorded and uh, kind of wasn't working out. So right now, i got Justin. He's on the phone and he's driving through uh, what's the, uh, the tail end of uh, Hurricane Ida down in Tennessee. So you might hear a little rain in the background and hear some a uh, little bit of noise in the background, but uh, I'd rather just get this... Uh, get this going with Justin because we've been uh, having a hard time kind of linking up. So without further ado, let me uh, uh, introduce Justin and uh, how are you doing other than driving through the rain? <laughs> I'm great, man. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm grateful for this opportunity to talk with you. Big fan of what you guys do and for the canine community, your, your podcast, especially the conference, man. There's nothing like it. You guys put together a well-oiled machine that everybody benefits from and we're definitely looking forward to uh, it's Orlando, right? Next yeah, year, we'll be in yeah. Orlando next year. Finally, awesome, uh, I think. Awesome. Uh, uh, hopefully, we. Uh, I think the world's getting back to normal. I hope at least in at least in Florida. I don't think they're going to pull the rug out from underneath us, if you will. So, um, I know you're out on social media quite a bit, and I'm sure a lot of people know who you are. You've taught for us and stuff. But for maybe those who haven't, or just as a refresher, can you just go through a little bit about your background and how how we ended up here today talking? Yeah, man. I, uh, I've been at dogs for about 30 years. I, uh, I have a little bit different story as far as my law enforcement career and dog training. I started as a professional dog trainer first. Um, I was working actually as a helper in a Schutzen club up in Connecticut where I'm from. Yeah, I, I was an athlete back then and I, I enjoyed getting beat up. And so the field that we used back then actually was shared by the Connecticut Police Working Dog Association. And the director of that organization, Bill Scribner, was also an IPO Schutzen guy. So he threw me in the suit, man. I started getting beaten up in the suit and worked some Napawata certifications. And, you know, I'd hear all the war stories and the pursuits, the bailouts, the dog bites. Man, I'm like, fuck, that's for me. So long story short, man, I uh, ended up moving to Florida and then got into law enforcement, worked for the Davie Police Department, which is in Broward County, right outside Fort Lauderdale. Um, I got to work my first dog there that was, I bred actually, a dog named Vader. I saw him take his first breath on my living room floor. And Wow. And actually held him when he took his last, man. So he, uh, he was a strong dog, man. He got to work him. It was an amazing opportunity. And uh, ended up going to Palm Beach County. Did about almost six, five and change at Davey. Went to Palm Beach County for a little over 12. And I worked two dogs in Palm Beach. Um, one the second dog I worked was uh, from Tony Guzman, Metro Dade Canine Services. Man, phenomenal shepherd, man. Just such a well-balanced dog. He, he, you know, I, I was an Uber for him, man. He just did it. Yeah, I got yeah. I got I got to watch him, bro. He was incredible. The third dog I worked was uh, a dog. I didn't breed him, but I, I raised him from a young dog. He was brought in at eight weeks old, a German Shepherd from Germany. Um, very very good pedigree. My good friends Bobby and the two Sid who brought him over, and uh, I, I did the puppy foundation work on him. And nice. When he got started teething, they got busy with a personal business. I ended up buying him from them when he was about six or seven months. Got him on the road, you know, he, he did work, man. He was, he was a very, very strong dog, type of dog you want to take to find bad guys. And was in a shooting with him. You know, I put eight rounds right over his head, and the guy suicide by cop. Guy charged me with a knife. 
He dropped a knife. He was still flopping around on the ground, non-compliant. I holstered, deployed the dog, no hesitation, man. And nice. Pretty pretty wild scenario. Now, were these yeah. all three of these dogs, were they single-purpose patrol dogs or dual-purpose? or Dual. Uh, I was always a dope, dope guy. D yeah. And down there... Um, like I, some, you know, depending on where you go in the country, like I had a, at one time, I had a dual purpose uh, patrol drug dog, and it was ninety five percent patrol, five percent drugs. What would you say on those three dogs? Were you fifty fifty, or were you more more patrol, less drugs, more drugs? I, you know, I I had I barely used the dog for dope, man. I loved the yeah. dope game. I I, I was a, a junkie for it myself, man, hunting it, and trying to find it. You know, so sure. I really didn't need the dog a whole lot, and. uh when I did, he did his job, man. So I, I'm yeah. probably about that five percent mark, like you yeah, were. Yeah. So more, more patrol, more patrol use than. Yeah, than, for sure. Yeah. I am, yeah. I am fascinated with detection, man. Absolutely fascinated with it. I love it's, it. Yeah, you know, for those of us who've you know lucky enough to do both, you know, at a fairly high level, because now you know all I do is is for my the dogs I'm deploying now are detection dogs. I still train a lot of the patrol dogs, but it's a it's a blast. It's a it's a different uh, mindset and different uh kind of, you know, obviously different training, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It is, man. I'm, you know, I'm a guy that likes the clicker and I like indirect rewards. So I can sit in a lazy boy with a glass of iced tea and a clicker and let the dog do all the work, man. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, yeah, that's a uh, we've done a couple of shows about using markers and uh I'm a huge convert on that too. I used to used to actually call people clickerheads and kind of make fun of it, and that was just pure <laughs> ignorance on pure ignorance on my part. You know, I just didn't understand it. And you know, when you don't know what you don't know, sometimes you say some really stupid stuff, and that definitely was. But it's cool that you evolved, man. It's cool that you yeah. opened your mind, whether it was a self self discovery or someone that you trusted opened your eyes to it, man. And the same with me, man. I thought it was for like AKC chicks, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I was completely, you know, once I saw the light, man, I'm, I was hooked. Yeah, I just got done training uh, two bomb dogs for our state patrol, and uh, it, in three weeks, you know, they went from green to, you know, final response on all their odors very well. You know, so not done training there. Obviously, got some work to do, but the transition when you're using a marker is is phenomenal. The reps you can get in and marking the correct behavior every time has has been so much of a, a less headaches yeah man you know it's you know of all this the dog training avenues whether it's tracking detection aggression work obedience like i probably spent the most time digging through different systems and you know there's always something missing in my brain like there was always like so much handler influence man as far as like you know the fucking yeah. jazz hand jazz hand yeah, detailing yeah. and trying to shake the dog yeah. and, you know yeah. of course of course all the work Cameron ford's done with you know it's cognitive yeah. stuff, man. It's just, yeah. it makes total sense. Yep. Yep. So I thought, uh, I think we've talked, you know, hopefully this will be the first of Avignon several different times here. But I thought for tonight, uh, one of the things that's been on my mind is um, you had a post on social media and it was a, a dog that when you watch the video, and, and I'm always hesitant when, when I see a video or even when I'm teaching a seminar and I see a dog in, in one glimpse you know sometimes it could be a lot of things but sometimes i'll see a dog i'm sure you do the same thing and you think oh man that's just not a dog for me and then sometimes that dog after you've seen him for a couple of days the dog gets a little bit better but then there's sometimes where you see a dog and it's like that dog's not for me and he's not for anybody and you kind of uh you, you posted a video that the dog the dog didn't look very good to me on the video clearly you didn't think it looked very good 
And it kind of brought up some discussion about, you know, there's there's some uh, vendor responsibility and then there's some also responsibility for the people who selection test the dogs. And I thought it'd be just good, a good conversation to kind of talk about that because now you've been on both ends. You've, you've had to go to a vendor as a police officer and buy a dog. Now you're selling some police dogs to, to agencies. So kind of tell me what your thoughts are on both ends of that. Maybe not as much the mechanics as a selection test, but what can agencies do to be more successful and maybe avoid, you know, the issue that you showed in that video by ending up with that dog? Well, you know, I, I, I don't sell police dogs, man. And the okay. main reason it, I don't, because for me, it's, you have to be operating on a massive scale, you know, to see yeah. a return on your investment and the return, you know, to make a living on it. Because if you're working with a few dogs at a time, and this performance guarantee, a year on performance, right? I don't know where the fuck I started, you know, but yeah, I think there needs to be a, like, I, I'll, I'll talk about both. I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth right now. Sure. Like, so I'll, I'll, I see it from all angles, like, it, you know, I, I believe there should be no performance guarantee. Like if you've entered into that co contractual agreement where you say that there is a performance guarantee for a year, then okay, you own it. But I would never fucking do. There's probably three or four police dog trainers in this country that I would give a performance guarantee to. And I, I haven't seen everybody and been there, done that with all, all things and all people, but I've seen a lot of shit man out there and I kind of know who's who and who's doing what. And there's like, I suppose, on one hand, I can, I can tell you people that I would give a performance guarantee to. So it insulates the, the, the departments from having to evolve as trainers. Like, they can they can still use shitty archaic yank and crank bullshit on these young dogs who can't take it anymore. The dogs are way different since nine eleven. Sure, they're way sure. way different dogs. Like used to be, you know, twenty years ago, you can go to a KPV trial field. Twenty five years ago, KPV trial field, spend twenty five hundred bucks on a two and a half year old dog. If you can get him in on the plane, if you can get him off the plane and into your back yeah. of your patrol car, you could torture him with shit e collar yeah, he's training. Bulletproof. If he doesn't kill you. <laughs> there's plenty of gas to go hunt and eat on the street. Those dogs are few and far between these days. And they're still using those same techniques on these softer, younger dogs who can't take it. Yeah. So day 364.5, they want to bring this broken fucking dog back to you. And, and you got to, you got to exchange it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's being a vendor is not anything I've ever wanted Ooh. to do for that very reason. And, yeah. That, uh, that's the no go for me. Man. And, yeah. uh, so, you know, it should, you know, that it would force these agencies to be educated. And the reality of it is, man, they have no excuse these days. You know, when you and I first started, like, we were a victim of our geography. Wherever we were yeah. and whoever was around us was where we were drawing our education from. If you knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody with an accent from over across the <laughs> pond and they brought them over and you were lucky enough to be in the circle, you could hear some shit. But usually they wanted to break your dog so they could sell you another one. The, yeah but so now like the world is completely connected at the fingertips of social media and the training is so good now like especially in the sport world like the training is so good you are able to mask weaknesses man you can especially in a sport like ipo yeah yeah but man for me it's it's uh there has to be some middle ground as far as educating the agencies the handlers and the unit trainers and also some accountability on the vendors, man. Like, and I, I know a lot of these vendors, man. And, and, a, and a lot of them haven't done it themselves. Like they don't, they really don't know. 
Yeah. Oh, I've, yeah. I've dealt with lots and lots of vendors, you know, buying dogs and through, through, you know, having business connections with them. And, and I think even some of the, maybe even some of the well-known trainers, maybe they haven't worked in some of the, the areas where, you know, it's, you're getting quite as much patrol work, if I'd say, you know, so maybe they don't even get that same, why you need a dog that, you know, as strong as, as most agencies should have, that a lot of times you just don't see it when you're, when you're traveling around. Yep. So when uh, when you're looking at these dogs, you know, like going back to, I know you teach a lot of seminars. When you see, you know, the wide variety of dogs, and by day three or four, I think we get a pretty good handle, you know, as trainers, what we like about, you know, each dog team, although it's still just a snapshot on, you know, three days of a six, seven-year career. But I think you can get a pretty good handle on it. What are some of the things that you see on kind of a regular basis that, you know, if you worked for that agency and you were the the person picking the dog, what are some of the characteristics of that of the dogs that you're seeing out there that you wouldn't pick that dog? What what are things that maybe people should try to avoid? The first thing that I look for is nerves and sociability. Like the dogs out of drive. Like I try yeah. to take the dog off campus to places it's never been, and a lot of times the vendors won't let you do that, or or geog- you know geographically yeah. they're out in the middle of nowhere. But whenever the opportunity presents itself, I take them off campus, away from what they know, away from who they know, and I just want to see the raw genetics of the dog. You know, Home Depot is a spot I go a lot. You know, Tractor yeah. Supply, PetSmart, yeah. you know, dog-friendly places with a lot of shit going on, different surfaces, different elevations, noises, people. And you can really see what the dog's about, man. Like, when, when you stimulate these dogs with a toy or, you know, all the jazz hands and, you know, chicky chaka bullshit, yeah. like, they're they wake up and they're a different dog and and their nerves will fire up for prey and overcome some things. So just simply taking them for a walk on a slip lead, you know, I want to see the dog bust through those automatic doors at home Depot, you know, walking like he owns it. The shine on the floor doesn't matter. The different textures doesn't matter. Like he's, he's curious about people. He wants to visit. He wants to jump on shit. He wants to put his teeth on shit. Like just natural athleticism, natural investigative behavior. Not, you know, he's just, he's hunting for something. He has no idea what he's looking for, but he's hunting. Enjoying being out in a new area. Exactly, and, man. Like the world I'll, is a big, happy, interesting yeah. place. I'll, I'll, I'll double down on that, that I love Home Depot for dog training. And every time I buy a dog now, I uh, go to home, you know, so, the, whatever Home Depot is close, I go take them there. They're very dog friendly and I, I can't find a better store than, than Home Depot. And we actually go and now we train inside Home Depot real regularly and, Everyone I've gone to has been nothing but friendly to the cops and yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so if you if you haven't uh, done a detection seminar, you know, towards the back of Home Depot on a quiet aisle, go try it, and you're going to find out it's harder than it than it sounds. Yes, it's hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent, man. So you know, once they get past that hurdle, you know, and I'm I'm doing dumb shit as we're walking, I'm tipping things off the shelves and letting two by four slap the concrete and. You know, see if I can get the dog to startle. And, and they, there's always some shit, but for me, it's the recovery. Yep, yep. You know, how, how quick the dog bounces back. And if something, he startles him, I want him to turn around and go right to it and say, what the fuck was that? Yeah, give it a sniff and yep. kind of investigate and, it. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And, you know, and once we get past all that, and then I like, for me, the next thing I look at is their hunt. And there's different degrees of that, man. I think sometimes people are misled by hunt. They think energy 
and a dog running around like his fuck, like a chicken with his head cut off is drive. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's useless, just fucking like, just useless misdirected energy. So I like to see a dog work with his mouth closed. You know, obviously activating yeah. olfactory system and and really methodically hunting and, and 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 doing everything he can. And of course, I don't care how long it takes him; I just don't quit. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. So, a tenacious hunt. Yep, I want to see him reckless. I want to see him burglarize shit. I want to see him like flip things over and get on top of things and do everything he can to get his, his mouth on what he thinks he's looking for. Yep. So of course, you know, possession's big. You know, so even like just before we get to that hunt test, I'll be walking through socially, and I'll have somebody else with me with a toy. It's not on me. They're 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 hanging back. And then at some point in time, we're walking along. I'll just drop the toy on the ground, like be like just nonchalantly, almost like an unseen retrieve in French rain. Sure. Just plop, and all, the dog will hear it, and all of a sudden, you know, boom. And I don't care if it's his favorite toy, man. Like these guys that are all into these fucking metal pipes and this dumb yeah. shit. It's just they, they all want to see the dog retrieve everything in your toolbox, wrenches and fucking screwdrivers, metal pipes, and then uh, you ask them how they train. Oh, we, we use towels. Yeah, I get the concept, man. Like, I can teach, I can get, I can go to a dog, to the pound and get any dog out and teach him to put his mouth Absolutely. on metal. Absolutely. So it's fake shit, man. But anyway, so be his favorite toy, and I'm cool with that. And then, uh, you know, go through the hunting process and high, low, under shit, and, you know, just see the traditional stuff. Like, I'm not doing anything that's mind blowing, man. There's like little nuances and little details that I look at, and the, the mouth being closed. It's one of them because if a dog's yeah. hysterically, frantically running around with his mouth open, and there's a difference if he's, you know, some of these dogs are very sight oriented. They they can't shut their nose off, but the eyes, you can see the eyes are a big part of it, man. And the yeah. fact that they're they're motivated, and the fact that they're running around all over the place, it's to me that's not necessarily hunt. Yeah, it's just that activity drive that exactly. is pushing it exactly. exactly. So we get past that, man, and of course, throughout the whole process, we're looking at environmentals and stability with that. You know, I'll do some gunfire at a distance. Um, and I, I have a system for aggression training that's I call Boogeyman. Um, it's, it's for me, it's really taps into the dog's soul and it, it creates active aggression. It's a little bit of a long story. Um, well, I think that might be a, a whole topic that, you know, I want to tap your brain on, on that for sure because I've, I've heard you talk about that before and I, I really want to probably uh, well, let's dedicate a whole uh, show to that one yeah I'm, I'm down man and I wrote an article about it something that's kind of difficult to articulate in writing but yeah. it's, uh, for me it's the missing link in any aggression training cop cop dogs sport dogs personal protection sure. like it, it taps into predatory aggression with no equipment you use utilizing the environment in low light and uh you know, sometimes depending on the dog's age, and, and you can see the dog's maturity, I don't even need to make the dog bite. You know, I yeah. just want to see a little bit of offensive aggression, a little bit of, you know, wherewithal the dog's going to stand his ground or come forward. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, and it's really, and a lot of vendors won't let me do it because they've seen shit shows. But really, yeah. when I when I do it, it's the best training session the dog ever has because it's it's so fulfilling and uplifting, and I don't need to get into the dog's shit. You know, I don't need to get into point blank range to yeah. to see what I need to see because, like I was saying before, man, you couldn't get your hands on a dog twenty years ago that younger than two years old. You didn't even yeah. want him. Oh yeah. Now yeah. they tell you he's fourteen months, and you're looking at him. He's like ten, yep. may, maybe ten, twelve months. Yeah, it's funny. They they used to lie. I know I had a dog that uh, when I first started working with him, he was supposed to be two and a half, and then as he got older, I'm sure when I bought him, he was probably four, four and a half. 
Yeah. And they, they lied that way. And now the same thing where they tell you 14 months and they're walking around like puppies chewing on their, their paws. It's yeah. Like, so, babies, yeah. man. So yeah. Yeah. You know, and I talk a lot of shit about my agency. I used to work for, man. I sued them and all that shit. But the one thing they didn't break my chops on was time. Like my patrol dog schools were taking six months sometimes. And here where I'm at, bro, like six weeks from green yeah. to green to machine. Yeah. So that's a whole nother topic too, man. But yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, the biting behavior I want to see, yeah. I want to see natural gripping behavior, you know, pushing, or, you know, pushing into the bite, you know, forward aggression and, you know, tolerating some, you know, uncomfortable spaces and, you know, some posturing, some, some things that the dog can maybe perceive as, as threatening. And again, I don't yeah. need to, I don't need to pick the dog up on the bicep on the suit and put him through a fucking, put him through drywall. Yeah. You know, I can see enough, you know, from basic shit, what the dog is going to need. And yeah. and a selection test only gives you a, a glimpse, man. It only gives you a snapshot. Oh, yeah. And you know, a lot of preparation goes into these. Like the vendors know exactly what they're going to do. And, and of course, if they only let you do their tests, they know the dogs yeah. are prepared for their yeah. tests. So with the performance guarantee, and again, talking out of both sides of my mouth, it gives you the luxury of taking the dog back, spending yeah. a few weeks to a month with it. And, and really pushing it and seeing it in a whole new environment, but what it's really about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, it's going back to that video you talked about. And, and I, I got a personal issue with that vendor. I didn't name him in that sure. in that uh, yeah. post. I'm not going to name him now. He knows who no. he is and, and people can read between yeah. the lines. Yeah. And it's it, it stems from him just doing ridiculous shit on, on different social media platforms oh, and talking yeah. so yeah. much and instigating like crazy fights and then crying victim, <laughs> which yeah, is, yeah. which is crazy. So but the, the dog itself though, I mean, I think there's some responsibility from a vendor who has sold dogs, knowing that the dog is going to be, you know, necessary for that officer's safety. And if you've, if you've sold, if you're a dog vendor, you know, there's some dogs that you know are clunkers and we know, I know it's a business. Yeah. I know they have to unload them. But there is some responsibility there. Like if you were if you're a dog vendor and you someone shows up and they clearly don't know what they're doing, those are the dog vendors that I think should either say, "Hey, come back when you have somebody who knows what they're doing," or "Let me help you," as opposed to salivating, thinking, "Man, I get rid of this dog that seven other agencies have passed on." And you know, we both know that happens too. One very good trainer told me early, early on, man, that the dog world is worse than used cars. Oh yeah. And it yeah. absolutely is, man. There's some people that are dirty and they know, they, they know exactly what they're doing. Yep. And there's some dogs that shit can pop up and you don't, you don't see it. And you know, yeah. you do the responsible thing and you take it back or do what you can, man. But it's, it, it's fucking dirty when you're talking about people's lives, man. You know? And, uh, this guy, this guy knew. And on that post, this guy was dumb enough to post the video of when he had the dog in training and the dog is about to blow off a leg bite in his own building with his own decoy, yeah. like got two teeth in the fabric and he's yanking and hunching and hunching and hunching. He, he's, he's a flea yeah. fart away from blowing yeah. off that bite and running out of that building. And he, and he posts it on my posts. Like, <laughs> bro, yeah. saying the dog is an in-betweener. Like, how yeah. do you sleep at night with an in-betweener, man? Yeah. I was in uh, Holland and I, I talked to a large, large dog vendor and we were looking at, at dogs and, you know, I was just there to kind of observe the operation. I said, man, that's a, that's a great dog. And the vendor told me, well, you know, do you like that dog? I said, yeah. And he said, could you sell that dog? I said, oh yeah, that's an awesome dog. 
And then he pointed to a kennel and he said, there's a dog in there that will, you know, runs every time someone looks at him. He said, to be a good vendor, you got to sell that dog. He said, anyone can sell this nice dog. You know, you got the good ones can sell, you know, these crappy dogs. And that just tells me it's not a, a business I want to be in. No. And that's the other part of it, man. Like I have a conscience, man. I, I would not yeah. be able to sleep at night if I'm selling a dog and putting my name on it. Yeah. And it won't but, do it. Yeah. But that being said, um, you know, I don't want to sound like we're bashing dog vendors. There's a lot of really good vendors out there and they stand behind their dogs and, and they have uh, great guarantees. I guess, you know, to kind of bring the, the full circle, you know, here you've thrown out a few you know, really good ideas of what to look for. But when you say those ideas, I think what people don't realize is that the nuanced behavior that you're able to see because you've seen so many dogs before that just because, you know, they heard you suggest do ABC, if you haven't seen 100, 200, 300 dogs and get those little nuanced behaviors, you're still going to miss something. So, you know, it, it goes back to what you said, you know, there's no excuse. Get a another agency that's got a good trainer, um, go with somebody who knows what they're doing, get vendor that has put out some really good dogs in your area that you can, you know, build a relationship with and trust. But there's there's options out there as opposed to blindly going to a vendor and hoping that you get a good dog. Because I think the, the the balance is is that both sides have a have some responsibility. If your ego allows you to do that, to say, Good point. I I don't know, let yep. me find somebody that does. And the problem with cops, you know as well as I do, are type A motherfuckers and motherfuckettes, like chicks do. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a... Uh, it, it, Once you get the title of trainer, then all of a sudden you don't want to learn exactly, anymore. Exactly, man. Like yeah. you've, you've hit the plateau and you're the man on top yeah. of the mountain. And You know, this is yeah. a it's an industry where you will never plateau and if you're nope. looking at it through reality, you will. And that's what I love about it, man. I have ADD so bad. Like if shit gets like predictable, like I check out. Like yeah, there's, I, there's just an infinite learning curve. It never ends, and that's why yep. I love it. You know, and it's every dog that's in front of you. And, and the problem with law enforcement and cops is that they are Type A people. They're very mechanical people that don't have a lot of feel. And dog training is is a fluid, dynamic, you know, industry where you have to connect with yeah. a living breathing creature it's not front sight rear sight alignment it's not a fucking glock or a tahoe exactly or you know and that's the hard part and, and you almost have when it comes to learning dogs and and like really knowing dogs like you have to fucking grow up with it like you have to it has to be woven into your life like from early on like for a long 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 time and that's why guys like you that have been around a long time doing it and you've evolved and <laughs> The problem is, like, I, I travel a lot. I train with a lot of cops, man. And these fucking agencies now are, are implementing these five-year, like, specialized yeah, unit caps. Yeah. Crazy. Like, you'll never, ever, ever learn shit in five years working You're never going to get good at anything. Our homicide detectives that we have have been doing it for years. You know, the guys who ride the motorcycles on the highway. It takes a long time to specialize in something. And that mandatory rotation is a great way to have a... A bunch of people who are are jack of all trades and masters of none. You know, for me, it's you know, like I was saying before, like you're a victim of your geography with your education, and now there's so much information out there. It's the opposite. Like you now have to be able to sift through it and filter out the bullshit. Like because there's so much in your face, and and, sure. and why I see a lot of the clashing with the old school and the new school, like these young kids who have grown up with computers, grown up with with devices and social media. 
are wizards with it and they're seeing it they're seeing this the psa training that is yeah off the fucking mm-hmm. chain they're seeing this you know the belgian ring stuff that is the control and the power in these animals how they're just, they're maintaining dynamic behavior or precise behavior in drive dogs working with heart and soul but under absolute stimulus control that are performing at such a high level and they can't get their dogs to fucking let go of a ball during detection like, yeah. and these young kids like some of them you know they have shitty communication skills so they'll go right to the fucking <laughs> the man yeah you know who's the old school and be like bro what the fuck yeah. and they show videos and then the egos get damaged and bro it's just like this crazy cycle man so there's nowhere yep. to hide now like there's no excuse your bullshit will get revealed and that, that's the beauty of leveraging social media and then part of me says it's like the fucking devil's website and i have to be on it for business yeah it's got a lot of benefits to it man and and what happened with that particular dog is that i fucking punked this dude i strong-armed him and, and i put that out there and he fit, he supposedly replaced the dog last i heard he replaced that dog man and it was out of out of warranty yeah but at least he i guess if there's anything yeah i was gonna say at least he, he did stand, yep. stand up you know and, do it out of warranty. and, yep. and again you know there's Somebody, somebody in that training group, you know, you saw it right away in one day. Somebody that in that training group, somebody in that department, somebody long before you ever pointed out should have or probably did tell that, you know, a handler, maybe this dog isn't the right dog or something. And maybe it shouldn't have got to that point, I guess. You know, I think we should all be helping each other train with, you know, large groups in your area once in a while and get a lot of eyes on. And you've hit it several times. You got to put the ego aside and, and, you know, I learn something new every time I go. Even when I'm the instructor at something, I try to learn something new from the group. Hundred percent, training. Man. Especially and, uh, with your conference, man. I'm I'm teaching one minute, one block. The next next class, I'm sitting in a chair stealing somebody's shit. You know, yeah. I'm listening to it. You, yeah. you know, you go back to that dog, man. Right. So the scenario was, if people haven't seen it, it was a, a building that a lot of these dogs are familiar with. Some dogs were from out of state. I I can't remember. I think that dog was familiar with that building. But it wasn't a it wasn't a building issue. He came in the building, cool, no problem. But it's when he saw fucking the two giraffes, man. He saw fucking Nesbeth and Ramirez, yeah. right? And yeah, like in, in most of these times, these guys are lazy. They're working in a fucking sleeve only. It's all prey bullshit. So you know, Carlos is fucking eleven feet tall, sitting there in a fucking suit, looking like you know an Eiffel Tower, not doing shit. And the dog's yeah. like, but yeah. <laughs> you know he's got he got the garbage can he does a little fucking send off and it, it was yeah. a complete shit is a picture the dog had not seen it doesn't matter if he had seen it. the dog is not genetically predisposed to do that kind of shit and you know and that's where the responsibility comes for the agencies man and, and the handlers like getting out there and, and doing it and, and learning shit like that and that's why with canines united you know that was a canines united um event and for those who don't know it's it's a non-profit organization um, founded by Debbie Johnson in, in Jacksonville, Florida, and she was she was compelled because of the death of a dog down there to provide um, things, fulfill the void for units that don't have dogs, don't have equipment, and whether it's heat alarms, whether it's kennels, whether it's training, whether it's finding dogs, like all things canine, she is out there hitting the streets, developing relationships and trying to you know find donations to make this happen and that's what this event was it was a free training seminar i think we had about 35 or 40 teams out in iowa and uh that's our mission man is to to do what we can to help educate yeah 
And that sounds like a, a great uh, thing. Maybe we'll kind of wrap the show up. Uh, can you give me the website for that? Because I know you've got training going on with them all around the country. Yep. Yeah, we're uh, in 2022, man. We're trying to do four or five different seminars. Actually, I, we're talking about Colorado, too. Yeah, yeah. I, Goosby was out here last week and said that you guys might be together. So that you guys got, I mean, a great group of instructors. And I'd say uh, watch, the, is it caninesunited.org probably? Yeah, caninesunited.org. Org. Yep. Check the website out. It's a. Uh, I mean, th- when you look through the the list of instructors, it's it looks like a fantastic uh, seminar. So I'm hoping uh, when you come to Colorado, I want to just go to it as a handler and uh, pick your guys' brains a little bit because uh, you know it's it's a great opportunity. So I think we've uh, hit on quite a few things, and like I said, uh, I'd like to maybe bring you back for a couple of shows here very very soon. I want to talk about. Uh, is it, do you pronounce it Nipopo? Is that how you say it? Yes, sir. Nipopo. I want to I want to hit you up on that because I know almost nothing about it other than what I saw in your class when you taught for us at Hits and uh, want to hit you up on that and then uh, some of your your aggression training which I've you know heard you talk about a little bit but I really want to kind of dig deep in that so if you're listening to this episode and you you kind of like hearing what uh, Justin's touched on tune in uh, very soon and uh, we'll have him back for for some more uh, uh, maybe we'll go deeper into a single subject if that if that's good with you. Yes, sir, man. I'm I'm uh, grateful for the opportunity. I can I can chat about dogs all day long, man. Sometimes oh, me too. My, sometimes my filter is broken down, but <laughs> I understand. We'll work on that. <laughs> when you retire, man, you'll you'll see that you're when you get your first amendment yeah, right back. It's a beautiful time. There you go. <laughs> so, well, thanks, man. I hope you don't uh, get washed away there in all the rain. And uh, I'm going to talk to you real soon for start picking your brains for some more. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks.